Hi, I'm Clint Hardy. And I'm Jody Koch. We've been middle school choir directors for well over a decade, and I've learned a lot through trial and error. We're here on a mission to create community, culture, and confidence among fellow middle school choir teachers. We want to share in your joys, validate your concerns, but also give you practical teaching advice each week. And let's just be real. We're here to take you through the mishaps, mistakes, and middle school drama that we all experience. Welcome to the Choir Chronicles. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Choir Chronicles. I'm your co-host, Jody Koch. And I'm Clint Hardy. And today we're going to talk about your concerts, planning and executing your choir concerts step by step. Day by day. Are you guys old enough to know that? Step by step? It's a good one. This is a crucial topic. It is. It really is. All right. So first of all, what you going to sing? Let's talk about that, Clint. All right. Let's just be real with each other. Okay. Um, we all know people, including ourselves, that have <laughs> overprogrammed. Uh, I would just highly encourage you, especially for your fall concert, to plan... Uh, things that are safe and things that are going to be successful for your kids. Yeah. Uh, at the middle school level, when you're singing um, for the very first time for some kids that have never done a concert ever, right? And you only have six, seven, eight weeks to plan a concert. Mm -hmm. You need things that are short, that are easy to learn, and things that are interesting. But you want them to have a successful concert. Yes. If you try to over-program and you're trying to do something because, oh my gosh, you love it. And like, yes, yes. of course they love it because it's interesting and the recording they right. heard. But then it comes across really poorly on stage. That They're going to connect bad to choir and you yeah. don't want that. You like, want oh, we were terrible. Yeah, yeah, you want them to feel successful and you want them to feel great. So making sure that you pick appropriate literature for the skill level of that yes, choir. Yes, yes. And there's nothing wrong with doing at the middle school level, like a partner song or a unison piece at the beginning of the year. Because, you know, my seventh grade babies, I don't teach them in sixth grade. And a lot of times they learn parts in separate classes and mm -hmm. then combine for concerts in the sixth grade. And so I, I learned to let myself choose partner songs that are typically for elementary school, like they're going to sound beautiful and they're going to have the, the sensation of singing in parts. And and let's just say you are the most amazing conductor in the world ever. Yes. And congratulations. Congrats, first <laughs> off. Um, but also, you have two extra weeks until your concert and all of your music is magically learned. Yeah. Pick out a round. Yes. Pick out something that you can easily teach them yes. in a week that continues to fill what you're doing. Yes. And then... If you teach that round in a day and they just got it down perfect, mm -hmm. fine. Go ahead and pull some music that you're going to do in winter mm -hmm. and start teaching them winter music. Get a head start on it. Like, there are things that you can do to fill your time. Yes. So just make sure, like, again, you're planning safe and appropriate literature yes. that's going to help them be successful. That doesn't mean that you always have to do it that way, but like especially early fall. on in your career mm -hmm. and in the fall, you want to make sure that things are successful first. Yes. Once you've been teaching the same level um, or at the same school for like, you know, five, ten years, sometimes you kind of go, yeah, I know what they're going to be able to do, but there's no reason you should, you shouldn't play it safe at the beginning. Also, if you're like me and you did used to think that, oh, they learned it in a day. 
I would listen to the recording because they probably don't really know it. It's just your ears and you haven't figured out. <laughs> so yep. mm-hmm. beware if you're like, they learned this three-part Whitaker song in two days. Okay, mm-hmm. well, there's probably a lot more there. Um, okay, so I suggest six to ten weeks of school timeline for rehearsals before a concert. I know that there are listeners we have who teach choir after school and it's like it's your fifth grade after school choir or it's just not curricular in certain states like it's all after school Um, or maybe they take like music appreciation during the day to get a fine art credit but then you you have an optional after school choir so I would still say six to ten weeks because if it's weekly it's still six to ten one hour rehearsals or whatever you have Um, also I don't know where this idea came from in my brain at least that Every choir does three songs on a concert. Okay, Jody, I was I felt like that was drilled into me and at like a young undergrad age. or I don't yeah, know. Like, where did we get this? But I felt the same way coming out of school going, Oh my gosh, every choir has to do three songs yes. and if we don't we're a failure. You have failed. Yes. That is incorrect. Well, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I I don't I can't think of anyone who told me that. I don't know where me we either. have been brainwashed. But guess what? Two is fine, especially if you have an early fall concert, because in the beginning of the year, think about how many extra things you're having to do, like the handbooks and the forms and all these extra things. And you're just teaching them how to behave in your class, how you structure it. There's so much just basics you're practicing, getting them reading music. And so there is just no reason anymore for for me that I, sometimes in a varsity trouble, we'll do three songs on the fall concert, but everybody else we pick two. So give yourself six to 10 weeks and plan for two songs per choir and make them wonderful. Well, Jody, let's talk about some realistic expectations for yourself. For yourself. So, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, what I like to say is my students will have some musical moments on stage. Will everything be a perfectly finessed four-bar phrase on my fall concert? No. Will every cutoff be perfect? Will the tone of my tenor basses be great? Will every changed voice or changing voice boy match perfectly at the correct opposite octave? Absolutely not. But we will have some musical moments and they'll see it on my face and they'll know we've worked so hard today, Crescendo, here and set down this phrase and lift and they waited for me and they didn't clip the end of the word. And we will have some moments like that. But then also that my students will have outstanding behavior. And I say this to my audience. I have a packed house of people that don't know me yet and say, look, your kids are going to sound great. You're going to love what they do, but they are being graded on their concert etiquette. And here are the things are being graded on. And I have a former student come and take my iPad and they video the kids getting on and off the risers. And we'll get to like our concert grades and self-evaluations later. But my students are being graded on how they walk on and off the risers. And I can back that up with our state and national standards. So those are my expectations. And just to remember some musical moments. Yes. It does not have to be perfect. Yes. Especially at yes. the fall concert. Absolutely. Yeah. So for me, um, if I'm talking about like my varsity trouble. Auditioned choir. Auditioned varsity trouble choir. For me, we're going to have many musical moments or at least like that is my goal. Okay. Um, I think it's really important for that particular group. I think that it's important that behavior is addressed as Mm -hmm. well that is important for me 
and logistics are important as well. Mm -hmm. So like, again, getting on and off the stage, just like you said, same for me, like that's how they're being graded. But I also like talk about their concert etiquette within the audience. Like that is really big to me. Like if you're sitting there chatting it up with your friend or on your phone Mm -hmm. and not paying attention, no ma'am, that's not going to be acceptable. Mm -hmm. And I talk about that with the audience as well. Like, if you as an audience are talking, you're going to encourage the children to Mm -hmm. talk as well. So we're making sure that even if your son or daughter or person's Mm -hmm. group sang first, you want to give the last group just as much as attention that you did their, your child's choir. It's just really important. Yes. Um, I also make a, make it clear in my communication, which we'll get to in a minute also about no one leaves when you're done. And we tell the kids in class, you are not Lady Gaga. You are not Mariah Carey. And I think they know who she is again because of <laughs> all I want for. They didn't know her. But, you know, you are not a diva. You're going to sit your butt in your chair and you're going to watch the other classes because they've worked just as hard as you. And the kids are kind of like, oh, but they don't know this stuff. You have to tell them. And also the parents, they say, no student may get up. We're all going to hold our bladders together in solidarity. I give them like 30 minutes before to go to the bathroom. But I say, we'll all have to go to the bathroom at the same time. And that's okay. No one gets up. And I tell them, if you're an audience member, you may enter and exit only during applause because it's very distracting. And it makes us up here feel like you're just leaving. It's distracting. It makes us think you don't like it. And because audience members, our parents, they don't know this. They don't Mm -hmm. know this stuff. And I also say, unless you have a baby or young child that becomes upset, we are recording. So I would ask that you remove them to a quieter place. But yeah, I mean, we, you should see us, me and Clint, we scare people. We don't play. We get up there and we straight up lecture our parents and our audience and the great ones come to you and thank you for it. Absolutely. I love you. Thank you. And something (laughs) that you have to, I had to become okay with was like knowing that our kids are involved in so many different things Mm -hmm. that like. A kid might run in from the football field and yes. jump on stage in uh-huh. their football uniform. And that is okay. We welcome it. We want your kid to be at the concert and sing in the concert. That is the most mm-hmm. important thing. And like sometimes letting go that they may miss dress rehearsal yes. right before. Like it can be hard. I like preaching to myself. Mm-hmm. Like it can be, but you have to let it go and realize the finished product and them getting up and doing what you've asked is the most important yeah. thing. So another thing about realistic expectations is not comparing yourself to the choir in the next door neighborhood or the choir program across the street. You have no idea, even if you know that person extremely well, like Clint and I do. So for example, he, the last, I think three years has had a convention choir that he submitted to our state or national organizations and his groups have been selected as an honor choir to perform for these conventions. So his fall concert with that ensemble that was selected, they're going to be at a much different level than mine is. And I can't compare if he sends me a track to listen to or like, oh, I want to hear you. They sang for the school board the other night. And will you listen um, and tell me what you hear so far? I thought they did great. What do you think? Um, you can't sit there and compare yourself because I'm not in his shoes, even though we're besties and we talk literally every day and we talk about choir at length and other things too. But I, I'm i not in his shoes and I'm not there pushing or saying the same things that he's saying to his students. So if we're doing a mediocre job on my fall concert, but his is like they could sing on that stage 
in October, even though it's not till February, that's okay. You can't compare yourself. You also can't be snotty about the group that is just way behind where yours are. Because again, you do not know, even if it's your bestie, you don't know what's happening in that class. You don't know what challenges they may have. So just don't compare yourself at all to another program. Absolutely. And it's also really important to not compare your current kids to the kids from the year before. Uh, when you have a, a group of really amazing kids one year and then next year the next group is not to the same level, you can either burn yourself or mm -hmm. the kids out if you're pushing that group the yeah. way that you pushed the group before. I remember the year after Team EA, I was pushing those kids and for the fall concert like we were going to Team EA in February and I remember in the first six weeks going, I'm going to kill... <laughs> the joy of choir if I keep doing this and this was Olivia's first year with me and I'm sure she was like what is wrong with him because yeah. I was like this doesn't sound good this and I'm like I need to take a breath yeah like, breathe breathe and realize we're not seen at a convention and yeah. even if we were you have to meet the kids that you currently have yeah. where they are and that's okay yes um you might be struggling with basic things like musicality, breathing. Mm -hmm. Are you putting on a consonant at all? Are you singing the same solfege that you're holding in your hand? <laughs> like, are you, you're showing me red. Are you singing really that? really happening. You know, like, it's okay from year to year. Groups are going to mm -hmm. change. Mm -hmm. um, th it's just inevitable. And yeah. you and I, we teach at a 7-8 school. Right. That's even harder than a 6-7-8 right. school. Right. Even like, though we have amazing 6th grade choir teachers, it's still different than when it's like you that has your hands on them, so, so to speak, for those three full years. The consistency can just be different. And yeah. that's okay. That's true. So just meet the kids where they are and move them along the continuum. So let's talk about the dreaded concert logistics and dress rehearsals. So... Ooh. I used to teach two schools that I've taught at had an auditorium on campus. How nice. Oh my gosh. But that is just not how they build schools in Texas anymore. Middle schools do not have auditoriums unless you're in a very, very old, rickety old <laughs> middle school that probably needs to be demoed and rebuilt anyway. And like ours used to have rats in the wall, Clint. Oh, oh. They would get in the auditorium and they would bomb them during... The this is this school has been it's nor, I can say what it is Northridge Middle School because they they demolished the school because it was built in like sixty two I think well during like winter break they would bomb inside the walls and the rats would all die in the walls which was next door to the choir room Ugh. and it smelled like a dead decaying human and the kids would be like what is that and we'd be like nothing nothing and like. Yeah, it, so I, I had these really mean science teachers that were on the hallway and they would like yell at us and tell on us if we were like three seconds late to standing out in, in the in the hallway where you're supposed to be with, in between the bells. And I went up to these two ladies and I was like, I oh no, I emailed them and copied an AP who thought it was hilarious. And I said, I will not be standing in the hall until the dead decaying rat bodies are removed <laughs> <laughs> from the wall to the choir room. They so, gotta go. Anyway, that's that's a different different topic that I went off on a tangent. But, okay, so what I do is my concerts are usually at our high school auditorium. And we do, the concert is at 7. Doors open to the audience at 
So I have show choir come at five. I have two show choirs. They're usually doing one to two songs, usually just one um, each. So they're, they're at five to do a sound check, run through theirs and everything. Then everybody else is called at 5.30. So from 5.30 to 6.30, we walk through our concert. I have my accompanist there. We start and stop each piece. If it's um, sometimes like, for example, my tenor bass choirs, they meet in two separate class periods, seventh grade and eighth grade. We have morning combined rehearsals, but really the first time they're all there to sing is that night. So we're gonna run their whole song. But again, we're only doing two songs and they're short and they're easy, right? So we will run their whole song, show choir, it's the first time they've been on the stage, etc. But you know, if it's like your JV class that you see every day, you get to sing like, three measures of a song and be like, great, good job. We practice walking on and off the stage in order, where they're gonna sit. I kind of have to cram mine all over the place, but some of them have audience seats. We just have to make sure we have enough for everybody else to get in. And we just do a whole dress rehearsal running through it all then. 6.30, we let the audience in. I give the kids a break if they need it um, to use a restroom, which of course they all do. And then we start our concert. So what about you? What do you guys do? I stagger my call times. Okay. Um, like, hey, this group needs to come at this time, and then they they sit and they stay. Like, once they're there, they stay. Okay. They can they can roam about the cabin, so mm -hmm. to speak. Um, once their particular choir is done, but we have so many different choirs. We have seven performing ensembles mm -hmm. that some of them are in multiple, like two or three. Right. And so it's just best to like give them staggered call times. They have the schedule. They know when they need to be where. Okay. Um, letting them go to the bathroom when they need to be. Uh, we only do one concert at, at our high school. The rest are on our campus, okay. which makes it a little bit easier because they can stay after school True. if they need to. Um, but then, like, hey, we're going to call the JV group at this time, and then the next JV group, then this group, mm -hmm. and et cetera, et cetera, and so on. Um, that way, everybody gets kind of like you, like a little bit of time to run part of their piece. Sometimes we'll do it like the very first concert. We'll give everybody a full run through of uh -huh. all their songs. Yeah. Um, and then at the very end, 15 minutes before the doors open, we walk the concert. So just a walk through logistics walk through. only how everyone's going to, what side they're walking on and off mm -hmm. from. Like everybody let's walk this great. Yes. They just finished next group goes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So there's not really hopefully any question of like, how do I get on and off? Which direction am I going? We've done it yes. multiple times. So we give them that. And just like you, I have an accompanist available the whole right. time They're ready to, to go i don't feel like i need to talk about that since you did but because yeah. i do it the same way um this is a tense hour and a half mm -hmm. i have a rule do not say miss coke on concert day i have made i'm pretty sweet right well, yeah I'm you pretty, are i'm mama i'm i'm mom you are pretty relaxed i am yeah okay well yeah. i'm not not on concert day but it's no. typical but i have made children cry who are like where do I put my sweater? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I will like lose it. I'm like, do you guys not understand how many other things? I mean, like I just go and the kids know it's concert day Coke. Don't talk to her. I don't know. It's not okay, but it's reality. So, um, I, it's tense and I'll get on the microphone sometimes in my house. I still don't let my daughter say, but we're, we're considering it because apparently I'm just old school, I guess, but we're like your booty. And she was there. She, I don't know why she was with me. And I was like, sit your butts in your spot, said on the microphone or something. And I just hear this <gasps> mommy. 
like from the audience. It's like my six-year-old daughter at the time. Like, it, like to her, that's like the F word. Like that's the worst thing that she knows about. Bless her little heart. But I, I do not let parents come in during that time. You do not need to see me bossing your kids around. It's tense. I am getting onto the kids like, stop talking. Like they get concert Coke and she ain't pretty. And they all know about her after the fall concert. But anyway, do not let your parents in during this time. I know that they're going to get there an hour and a half early with Peepaw in his wheelchair and ask him, no, no, you can stay in the lobby. There's places to sit, but I just highly recommend this is you and your kids and the people who are on salary at your school, <laughs> nobody else, because it can be really tense. It's like they, and also it's dumb when they come and they sit and they watch your whole concert and then you start and you do your whole concert again. Mm -hmm. Like I just, that's just one of my pet peeves. So I would just highly recommend I'm the same way. not letting your parents, no parents in. No, no, so no. Jody, tell us about how you do programs. Well, I'll tell you what we went to this year and there's a combination of reasons, but mostly because we just don't have very many copies allotted to us. We went to QR codes and that was hard for me being this, you know, 80s child. It's like, that was really hard for me. I was against it. It had been suggested to me by multiple admin over the years. But we're at the point where we're printing 500, 600 programs, you know, and not even giving them to the kids. And we designed it. I say we, Monica, designed them on Canva, which I love. And we QR'd it this year. Mm. And not a soul complained. And I'm like, that's a big thing that you're always worried about. Well, if it's on Canva, you can be correcting it up until five o'clock that day before you, and then we print QRs. That's a little tricky because people didn't have a chance to get to them. So I, at the winter concert, I had high school kids come and tape them to like the end of every row. And then at the end, you need kids to help you pick it up. Cause we had a few music stands with a big QR on it, but it, they, it wasn't enough. And people, like the older people, they're not expecting it. You're like explaining how to do it. Most of them have figured it out by now, but you know, older people have trouble. You could, with Canva, yeah. you could also, um, there's a like a view only link uh -huh. that you could like set on your email to True. like schedule an email out at this time at 6.45, the concert program goes live. So you could email and that then out. Ha like it's in parents in the grade book. It's in your email. Mm -hmm. Everyone else here. That's a great idea. Yeah. So we went digital. Um, I usually don't. I put the name of soloist, but I don't list my rosters of classes. However, it would be much easier now with Canva because you're not like typing things. You could just copy and paste a, or, you know, cut and paste a picture. Definitely less chance of error True. if you don't type kids' True. names of spelling. And then there's a lot of kids that go by a different name and so you don't know, like, do they want their parents to call them that? So right. it could mm -hmm. avoid some issues there. But what about you? What about your programs? Um, we do it old school. We okay. print out programs. Okay. We design them in Canva, yeah. you know, and we print out. Um, which black is and white. Black and white, mm -hmm. or sometimes we do color. Oh, you know? fancy. Mm -hmm. But you got to pay for that. But you do have to pay for mm -hmm. it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, part of me, like, thinks that going QR code might be the way of the future. Yeah. I also just like having a, a, a hard copy. Clint is a program man. I am. He I love He loves a program, and he's great at designing them. I don't super-duper care. I would say, like, if, if I went the QR code route... 
I would probably still print at least one for every kid to send home with sure. them. Sure. That's a great idea. Like on the That's day a of great concert, compromise. take this. Especially if you make a cute one, like if you had paid to have it color printed or something. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a really good Still idea. give everybody one or two if they want one, yeah. etc. And so speaking of um, like graphics and Canva and everything, talk about how you do your publicity for your concerts. So we've talked about Canva a lot. If you don't know Canva, it's free free if you have a a teacher certification. So you can easily just Google teacher Canva and like, it'll take you step by step on how to get the free access to all Mm -hmm. the goodies. Um, but there is a, there is a free version anyway, if you're not, uh, like a yeah, public educator. Yeah, you can still get a lot of stuff. We both do have a paid version of mm. it be- that we actually pay for it because we use ours for, like, the Choir Chronicles, My Business, mm-hmm. the Choir Queen. Like, we use it for other things that are, like, education, but slash our personal business and, like, side business. So, anyway, just so you know, we're not, like, cheating the system. Right. But anyone can get the pro version just with your ISD email. So let's just say like you want to make a flyer to hang around your school or community. Awesome. Go to Canva, design that flyer how you want to make it. And then you can go to like file uh, resize. Yes. And if I wanted to resize that to make it an Instagram, mm-hmm. I just click resize. And then I start typing like Instagram post yep. and you can click on Instagram. It'll resize it for you. Mm-hmm. Make a new version the same graphic yep. just put in a different yep. way amazing it's so easy that's only on the pro version that you yes the pro version mm-hmm. but um it's incredible and if like let's just say it resized everything for instagram and it was a little too small you can still just make it bigger mess with it like, yeah you can right. change it it's incredible mm-hmm. if you don't use canva definitely do it yeah there's an app version um, yeah. for your phone if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. I find that that's probably less easy to use. Sure. You know. Than like your laptop. And there's also Word, Word Swag. Word Swag, yes. Mm-hmm. Did you get the email like you're an original member? I'm an original. Okay, we've had Word Swag for so, so long, long that they like emailed us or sent a notification like it now costs money but you've been doing this so long that we're just gonna... Did Ruben tell us about that? Was it Ruben? No, I had word swag. It was me. You're the OG. Mm -hmm. Okay, I think I heard it through Ruben who didn't give you credit, so... Anyway, word swag is awesome. It's an (laughs) app, but Canva is way... You can do way more things. Yeah, and if you put out a weekly newsletter, you can put a graphic in that. I know that our District Fine Arts puts out a weekly newsletter, and so... Send them your graphic. Send them the graphic. They can include it in there. And I think that's just a great way to like publicly announce what you're doing. Put it on your social media. Yes. Ask your school principal or secretary to send it to the whole school. Yes. Like put advertise it in their it. weekly email mm-hmm. to the student body and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Or like we have video announcements at our school, so they mm-hmm. will put it on there for us. So um, parent communication. If there's anything that Clint Hardy and I are, it's communicators. When I did that um, Myers-Briggs personality test for like the strengths finders, my number one is communication. And like the first paragraph is like, you need to talk. You have to talk. You must talk. And I'm like, yes, that's me. I must (laughs) communicate or I will die. Um, So at least two to three weeks out, you're giving the parents the call time. So at my school, we're required to send a weekly email I can't contain all the crap I have to tell them to a weekly email. They get a lot more from me. But I do try to give those. I send it at the beginning of the year. Here are your dates. You have signed a piece of paper that says, I understand there are only three mandatory concerts outside of the school day that is part of a grade. 
my kid must be there, hear all the things that don't count as an excuse, then I'll remind them of that. And I mean, this is coming, I, I was saying two to three weeks, but probably in three weeks before I'm saying, don't forget coming up blah, 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 and I underlined mandatory for every student in choir. Um, so just giving them lots of head up, lots of reminders. And we're talking about to the kids every day in class. Now, no, a 13 year old is probably not going to always be responsible for that information, but we are infiltrating the student and the parent communication in person, written, electronic. I even have a concert take home note which is old school, but all I do is print the email that I send the parents and I hand it to every kid so we can go over it and they're looking at, so they have something in their hand, print it on like blue paper or something. And then I make them go put it. Okay. Soprano ones, go put it in your backpack. Soprano twos go. So it's in their bag and it's literally just the printout of the email. So if there's anything Clint and I are, it's over communicators. And I tell my parents at the beginning of the school year, like, I find it better to over-communicate than for you to uh -huh. never hear from a teacher at Amen. all. And that's just something that you can steal from me is take that and use that phrase. Yes. Over-communication is better than none. Yes. And so you do, uh, we do a lot of the same things, but what else do you do to communicate these things? Sure. I send out a weekly newsletter mm -hmm. that includes information of like, there's a little section of like things coming up mm -hmm. and like, I will just go until that list like hits the bottom of the page, mm -hmm. which means that if I go from August and there's something in November that's listed, great. Then I'll delete one the next week and move okay. it up to the next thing. That Do way you it's... use like S'more or something like one of those? Email... I use Canva to design the newsletter. So Olivia, well, Olivia, Olivia Lane, my former assistant, RIP. She, rip, mm. um, <laughs> she's the one that kind of designed it and I'm in the process of like kind of revamping it a little bit. Um, it just does to look different, but it's the same concept of like putting all the information on there. And every week I just go into Canva and just change yes. what's there. That's and then how I my daughter's it. like mm -hmm. her school. But let me ask you this. Do they have to click a link in your email or is it, is the graphic in the body of the email? Already? No, they have to click a link to the PDF. It's that scares me. So, I mean, I download an actual PDF version yeah. and just upload the PDF. But I mean, it scares me that the parents are just not going to do it. I mean, and that's a possibility. But a it lot looks of people cute. don't read. It looks cute. Okay, I need you a to forward me A lot of people don't read. I just do a whole bunch of bullet points. You could download the picture if you wanted. Yeah. Like, you can download a PNG and just put it in, and so... That's true. Yeah, I'm just like, that one extra step scares me, but obviously it's working for you, so I guess I need to get over it. But yeah, forward me. Later, we yeah. can forward me. We'll do that. Okay, yeah. all right. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's um, So air. definitely remind that way, but I also use the Remind app, formerly mm -hmm. known as Remind 101, yes. um, for those you can tell how people, how long someone's been teaching if they say remind 101. I still say remind 101. <laughs> you do? I laugh yeah. at people when they say that. Um, so I send out reminders on, that <laughs> like I might even be like, make sure you check the email I just sent, yes. which is like, oh, redundant. But it gets people sparking their attention yes. of like, go And check. like, I can, okay, I'm super organized. I'm, I think, responsible. But I just, I only have one kid and it's like, Oh my gosh, like I, things are going to different emails. There's my school email. There's my choir queen email. There's my personal email. There's the choir chronicles email. And it's like, I have to forward things to different emails to be like, okay, she has to have stuff for a diorama tomorrow. Okay. It's everyone's supposed to have a Valentine and there's this many kids in their class. Like it, there's a lot. And so I can see the other side as a parent where you're like, 
oh my gosh, especially if you have a busy job like we do, it does even, no matter how well they communicate and how beautiful their newsletter is and how much update they've given me, somehow I'm like, it's 7 p.m. the night before and I'm like, crap, she needs $10 tomorrow. So anyway, we get it, we get it, but, that, but also that's why I love what you do. Like a rem remind with the email. <laughs> and remember, like as much as we wanna be like, well, I sent this three weeks ago, I should never have to send it again. You're going to have oh to gosh. multiple times. And like, it's part of the job and it's okay to look at your spouse. I look at George constantly being like, how I just <laughs> sent this email. Why the answer is in the email and you can complain to your spouse and you can complain to your bestie and that's great, but just send it anyway. Like make it easier on them because you want your parents to love choir just yes. as much as their kids. Right. You don't want them to hate you, mm -hmm. even if you sort of hate them. JK. So um, for an excused absence, which mine is, it's in advance, they're, they're sick, a family emergency. I've had like this past year, there was a boy who was new to choir in eighth grade and his mom, when she first got the list the calendar was like we're gonna be in cancun on your fall concert great go to cancun um whatever reason you've excused the absence um i have a simple alternate assignment and i will get it to them when i get it to them and they need to stop freaking harassing me to get it three weeks before because i'm busy when i get it to you you'll have seven days and it is just, um, I can share this with you guys if you want to email me at thechoirchronicles at gmail.com. But it gives them like four different composers and I want a one page double spaced bio about it. And I think it's like Mozart, Britton, Bach, or Eric Whitaker. And then another one alternate assignment is attend a live concert, it can be anything any kind of concert it could be at your church. It could be wherever if they happen to be attending one and write me a one pager, but it's just something that they're doing, um, to make up for a grade if it's excused. So that's what I do. What about you? I'm the same way. They, they can get an alternative assignment. I also offer them the opportunity to individually sing their music for me. Do they have to? They don't have to. Okay. They can do the, the other alternative assignment. Some kids would be fine. Some kids would be like cruel and unusual punishment. Yeah. Like it would ruin their taste for choir if they had to do that. And that's so, why I give them the option. I think that's great. I do know a lot of teachers that's like, that is the only makeup assignment. I don't think that is very nice. That's hard. <laughs> you could also offer like, okay, you can pick four friends it doesn't matter who they are. Mm -hmm. You can pick four people in the choir. Mm -hmm. They're not going to sing facing me. They're going to sing facing away. Mm -hmm. You're going to face me okay. and two on each side yeah. and to give them support. Mm -hmm. um, but like, obviously having them face away will, you can hear what's happening to the kid that's yeah. right in front of you making up the grade. Yeah. And that might be something great for somebody who's such terrified to sing alone yeah because something I, I mean i advertise is like inquire you don't have to sing yes alone. i say you never have to sing alone you can't if you want to there are so many opportunities but you never don't have, have to. to so that would be a great way of a give and take because mm -hmm. at the end of the day these kids are 12 and 13 and 14 like yes it's okay yes and like so a paper assignment is okay totally you're right. similar to mine like yeah a, you write about a either composer. a composer or like an artist yeah great now if um, i copy your thing into from google Wikipedia. and it's straight from wikipedia you will get a zero yeah like 
hi. Sorry. Don't plagiarize. Yeah. There you go. Um, and then we both do like a concert critique evaluation. So um, I always have a student film on my iPad, film, record on my iPad, and I'll have them break things into chunks, into smaller chunks. So I can, I have a YouTube channel that's just my name, Jody Coke, and that's where we upload everything from class and stuff and like their concert performances. Uh, now you can go creep on me. It's not like an educational YouTube channel. It's just like where I store my stuff. So anyway, we upload them and we have like them walking on and off stage or different cuts. And that way you don't have such a big file that you can't upload. And I'll just do it from my phone like that night or from the iPad that night, just straight to my YouTube channel. And then the next day we watch the whole thing. And then they have a little, I've done it. I have a digital version and a paper version that's a half sheet. And they just self-evaluate. I, I sang with tall vowels. I stayed in my seat. I didn't talk. Like they're telling you what they did. And then I make them give like, you know, what is something that you really enjoyed about the concert? It doesn't have to be about yours. And it's always fun when like all the choir kids are talking about some other choir, like, you know, the firefly shining in the night, the Andy Beck. Like every time I do that, it'll be like the eighth grade boys are like, that firefly song was so cool. You know, I'm like, that's great. They liked what the JV group sang. So anyway, that's what mine is like. What about you? I... We transitioned maybe two years, yeah, two years ago to online. Mm -hmm. Everything is in a Google, Google uh, form, Google form that they fill out, which is great. We ask similar things that you do. Mm -hmm. I'll often give them like, "Hey, JV Trouble Choir One sang this song. Uh -huh. What did you like about it? Uh, what mm -hmm. could have improved?" Like, I ask okay. them to be critical so that way that they're showing higher level thinking. Like, Ooh. "Oh, well, I just like blank." No. And by the way, if it says, I need you to write me, that means I want you to write in complete sentences. Mm -hmm. If it says list, then you can use bullet points. Okay. Like, I make it clear what they can and can't do because it's pretty, you know, objective. Like, this is it. You gave me the information. You putting, they sounded good, not enough. Mm -hmm. Like, why did, how did they sound yeah. good? Like, I want them to yeah. explain it. Yeah, and that's um, part of our standards, our state exactly. standards and the national music standards, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. So that's just, going online was a lot easier to, to, yes. to grade. Um, and especially during that first year of COVID, when I didn't want to touch anything. Yes, it was, and every kid was given a Chromebook in our district that same. first year. Yeah, well, they hello. all had something. Yeah. So. so you just want them to, to be able to access it easily. And if, mm -hmm. if it's online and they can do it at home, like... They missed the day. Mm -hmm. Great. It's in Google Classroom. Go do it. Yeah. It's something easy. So And I think you wrote this in our, our bullet point notes, but about like, yeah, the whole next day can just be filling out the evaluation and watching the concert. concert. I know a lot of people take off the day after the concert. I think that's fine too. I like to be the one to like debrief with the kids and help them process their feelings, whether they thought they did well or didn't think, or this was bad. I kind of like to be there, but I do have a colleague who she always said she has PMS the day after every concert, post-musical syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> and she would call in sick after the day after every single concert. She's like, I got PMS and I think that's hysterical. So if you need to take your day, take it. Bye-bye. But yeah. this is what we typically do the day after. And it can also be like, sometimes you have someone take a video professionally for you. So it may be a week before you get it, but I think it's a great way to spend while it's fresh on their mind. And while you're all tired, you've all been up the school at the school till nine or nine 30 the night before. It's a great day to just kind of chill, reset. Relax with your kids. Yes. And celebrate. Absolutely. Well, we hope that you 
found this information uh, great and that it will help you plan a wonderful fall concert or any concert. Um, But we would love to help you out. If you have any questions for us, please feel free to reach out to us at thechoirchronicles at gmail.com or send us a direct message on Instagram. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of The Choir Chronicles. If you are interested in booking Clint or Jody for professional development, a one-on-one coaching session, or to clinic your choir, please email us at thechoirchronicles at gmail.com. Also, did you know I have a Teachers Pay Teacher store called The Choir Queen with over 100 lesson plans and resources just for middle school choir? You can head to my website, www.thechoirqueen.com, to access more information. And as always, if you'd like to hear about a specific topic or ask us any questions, please reach out to us via Gmail, Instagram, or Facebook. Tune in next week for more tips and tricks.